0: after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Arab Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
1: Hi,
2: Shedi hibe,
3: liam seki do soi. Shumoi lekade Mi boi oi veyat sai soi. Shabos ko Ki boi It's a
4: good
3: Elay chem
4: ki eloi
5: you yeah.
0: in the a.m., the latest offering from the Camp Shalva Boys Choir. They just released a, a CD, an album entitled anims Miros and uh, that is on it, Cari Bone, here at JM in the a.m. Remember those uh, Camp Shalva Boys Choir albums from Years and years ago. Well, now there's a brand new one. Uh, before that, Achenu with Galiped off of the Achenu Volume Number 3 CD. Amichai Spiegler had Kilak Achtov. You heard Zusha with Yoel's Nigun. Menucha Vesimcha done by the Friedman family. That was produced by Avremo, Avram Fried. Uh, Ari Goldwag had Menucha before that. He might be here next week. We're trying to make room and see if we could fit Ari Goldwag in on Monday. He'll be in the area, and uh, he's got the brand new English album out. We'll see what we could do and Yehuda Solomon had Vishamru off of the Shabbos a cappella and of course Regesh Moda opening things up and we say good morning it's Friday on this December 5th day 13 in the month of Kislev the year 5775 Tuvshanai and Dalid a Tuvshanai hey Tuvshanai and hey what are we we're already two and a half months into the year Tishrei Cheshvan Kislev wow we're ready. two and a half months into the new year. You'd think I know what that year is. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach, with candlelighting time at 4.08 on this Erev Shabbos. Yeah, we're calling it for 4.08, just to make sure everybody's on time where they need to be. 4.08, candlelighting time on this Erev Shabbos. In Yerushalayim, according to our calculation, candlelighting is just before 4 o'clock. Wow. So if you uh, if you want to call the Holy Land you got to do so in the next couple of hours if you want to get to somebody before Shabbos begins. Don't forget, we started saying the same Tal Umatar last night. We started saying the same Tal Umatar last night. Keep that in mind. 33 degrees feels like 25 with 69% humidity and winds in northeast at 10 miles per hour. Afternoon showers with a high temperature of 47. Rain tonight with a low of 44 and then rain tomorrow for Shabbos with a high of 51 degrees. We're at 79 in Yerushalayim, 33 with a wind chill of 25. Here in uh, Jersey City, as we say good morning on a uh, Friday morning at JM in the AM. This morning, on my way to the Holland Tunnel, there was a there was standstill traffic, and I'm thinking, oh my God, is it possible that all those protesters who were out blocking the Holland Tunnel at 10 o'clock last night are still there? Is that possible? Then I realized as uh, eventually all the lanes were going into one lane, and there was emergency construction going on on Broadway and the uh, Delancey Street or Broadway. And what do they call it at that point? I forgot already. So, um yeah, I'll tell you. And last night, in fact, last night almost got caught in a uh, major demonstration on the east side of Manhattan. The demonstrations are going on in many cities throughout the United States, many areas of New York City. And um you never know, especially as you're driving uh, at night. Maybe this is a good tip for tomorrow night for people. Uh Unless you're joining the protest, you never know how many uh, minutes or hours you might have to wait if you get stuck as thousands and thousands of people are trying to uh get by and make their voices heard, hopefully in a peaceful fashion, in New York City. JM and the AM Friday at ten minutes before seven o'clock. Malcolm Homeline at seven forty will review the events of this week and there are many to talk about. Israeli elections are coming up in March, as we know. And that I'm sure will be part of the discussion. And a whole lot more. It's at seven forty this morning. Weekly update returns. We weren't here last week. Mayor Fertig was sitting in on Thanksgiving weekend and I thank him. Uh so we'll do that coming up. Don't forget amazing programming all through the weekend on our stream at jmandtheam.org. Thanks to our friends at Kedem, we have an amazing Erev Shabbos music mix that goes on from 10 o'clock until candle lighting time all day long. I highly recommend it. On um, Saturday night, Saturday Night Seagull returns to its regular time after our amazing uh, visit to the Kitchen Click in Brooklyn last Saturday night. Saturday Night Seagull starts at 10 with Avrami. And Sunday morning, Matis, who always has the latest news in English, and always has great guests and a wonderful program, J.M. Sunday, Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on our stream at jmandtheam.org. Don't forget that Court Report debuts each week. The fresh edition of Court Report, Hockey, Basketball, Yeshiva League, debuts with Elliot Weiselberg every Sunday night in its original form at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on our stream at jmandtheam.org. So a lot to keep in mind even after we're off the air at 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, after jm in the am more coming up keep it at 91.1 fm 90.1 fm in the Catskills, rockland county at 91.9 on the fm doll and around the world on the web jm in the am.org Yoni Shlomo and Achto Chesed. Yaakov Shwecki before that off of Kolot with Ach Sameach. J.M. and the AM Friday morning broadcast in this era of Shabbos Parshas Vaishlach We'll do the weekly update coming up. Malcolm homeline Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will join us about 7.40 this morning here at J.M. and the AM. Candle lighting is at 4.08. That's right. Be careful. It's early 4.08. And uh, we've started to uh, say the St. that began last night, the St. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. From the uh, Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. <laughs> Tzal in the background to our news from Israel coming up. The latest in Hebrew. Matis has an English newscast, 8 o'clock hour on Sunday. Make sure to tune in to JM Sunday on our stream at jmnam.org starting at 7 a.m. on Sunday. Kalei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JMN.
2: של ההבאה, תיק המשפטין בחנס גשר המיתרים שנערך ליד הכינרת, אמרה יושבת ראש השיאה, ילד שקד, כי במפלגה יש רצון לקבל את תיק המשפטין. כתבנו אוריה אל קיא מוסר כי שקד אמרה שהסיבה לכך היא בין היתר להפוך את הרכב השופטים למגוון יותר עשר לשעבר, משה כחלון קורא להקים בישראל הנהגה שאינה מגזרית. יש לנו במדינת
6: ישראל היום פוליטיקה
2: של מגזרים
6: כל סקטור דואג לאנשים שלו. זה דואג לעולים, זה דואג למתנחלים, זה דואג לאלה, זה, דואג... זה מכוון מלמעט כי זה פוליטית. צריך לבוא הנהגה
2: שלא אה, תדאג לפוליטיקות שמגזורים, תדאג לכולם. בפורום הכלכלי בסינמטק תל אביב נשאל כחלון אם נרצה לכהן כשר הביטחון.
6: אם היית שואלתי אתה רוצה להיות?
2: לא הייתי עונה לך
6: אבל איזה שר אתה לא רוצה להיות קיבל בתשובה אני חושב שבסוף בסוף אנשים צריכים להבין ממש שהם עושים משהו החברתי זה הכלכלי זה הדיור זה הפורטי שלי אני
2: ישן עם זה מתעורר עם זה
6: זה מעניין אותי זה
2: בנשמה שלי באתי משם ואני הולך לשם עדבריו הביאה כתבתנו יערה שפירה הראשונה בגרמניה, אזרח נידון לשלוש שנות מעשר על מעורבותו בארגון הטרור דייש. כתבתנו, עפרי ישר.
7: הצעיר בן 20 התטרף לדייש ושעה בסוריה במשך חצי שנה. עם שובו הודע כי יצטרף לארגון הטרור והיום הפך לאזרח הגרמני הראשון שמורשה בהשתייכות לדייש. הרשעתו התאפשרה בעקבות שורה של תקנות שהוכנסו באחרונה לחוק הגרמני. בניסיון להילחם בטרור. על פי הערכות, כ-550 אזרחים גרמנים חצו את הגבול לס ویتوفو
2: لدایش فلسطيني ميدو عوانيم لعبر ישראלים בגוש אציוון סמוך לתקוה נזק נגרם לכלי הרכב תינוקת נפגעה קל מאוד ولو נזק קל בניסיון הר, של בקניסה בשומרון הישג לג'ודוק הישראלי גולן פולח, כתבנו שמואל מוניץ. פולח זכה במדליית הכסף בטורניר הגרנד סלאם היוקרתי בטוקיו. הוא נעצר רק בגמר, בו הפסיד ליפני יפומי אבי. תומי ארשנסקי סיים במקום החמישי. מאמן נבחרת ישראל בג'ודו, אורן סמאג'ה אמר, זהו הישג גדול לספורט הישראלי, בעיני התורדירו ובאותה רמת הקושי של אליפות
3: העולם, אנחנו נבחרת חזקה.
2: בעולם, מנדלה, May I invite you all to honour Madiba and emulate his example of the generosity of the human spirit, to love each other to the point of fighting for the common good of all. אני מזמינה את כולכם לזכור את מנדלה ולהמשיך את מורשתו, נדיבות הרוח האנושית. דברי מנחת טקס הזיכרון הרשמי שנערך בבירת דרום אפריקה פרטוריה. היא הוסיפה אהבו זה את זה עד כדי כך שתלחמו לטובת הכלל. התחזית היום ומחר ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות אלה החדשות שעורכת טליה חזקלי בצוות הודיה קוסלובסקי ואופז קנטור.
1: Dilaxa ki me we Likla Shabbat, the Huden Elechah, Kimikov, and Abraham. Shabbat
0: It's Ari Goldwag with the English album that's called Hanukkah Light. Shlomo Katz with both Likrat Shabbat and Bowie am off of the brand new CD, Likrat Shabbat, here at Jm. It's Friday morning on the server of Shabbos Parshas by Yishlach. Candle lighting at 4.08. I know it's pretty early. Leave plenty of extra time. American Friends of Beit Del have their dinner coming up on Sunday at the Marriott Marquis. Mazal Tov to by Alan Schwartz, Barry and Suri Weiss, and Akiva and Hanida Tights. They're all being recognized as um, awardees, guests of honor, at the Beit Del dinner on Sunday night. Uh Happening at the Marriott Marquis. Information at 718-482-4134, 718-482. 4134. Reminder to all the business people out there that the Winning Edge 2014 must have advanced reservations. People don't realize that, that you can't show up on Wednesday if you want to be part of this conference. You have to make sure to uh, pre-register for it. This coming Wednesday, uh, people like our very own Rabbi Goldwasser, our very own Miriam L. Wallach, Adam Lieberman, Jacob Engel, Yitzhak Saflis, Iris Lotowitz, Mark Bodner, Jack Friedler, Saul Friedman, Richard Beeler, Susie Schwartz, Fanny Zigdon will all be participating and presenting at the Winning Edge 2014 Executive Business Conference, which will um, which is being uh, uh, hosted by Bottom Line Marketing Group in New Jersey, in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Go to WinningEdge2014.com if you'd like to participate in a, an executive business conference that will feature innovative sales techniques, effective marketing, smart hiring methods executable business strategies, long-term vision and goal setting, etc., etc., or call 718-412-3508, 718-412-3508. Our very own Charlie Harari is going to be at the uh, JEC Alumni Network event. This is happening Saturday night, tomorrow night at the Brewery High School, starting at 8 p.m. on North Avenue in Elizabeth. It's the third annual gathering in memory of Brewery's longtime principal, Mrs. Chaya Newman. The program will be followed by Malava Malka. Everybody's invited. Uh, tapping into your inner greatness to maximize your potential. That is the topic that Charlie Harari speaks about tomorrow night. Um, there'll be a uh, donor recognition reception with Charlie early on in the evening. Information contact, the Breweria High School or any of the JEC Network uh, schools. And um, they have that great event going on tomorrow night. The Tere Vadas Shabbos with their Russian Yeshiva happens this coming Shabbos. And the annual Malava Malka is tomorrow night at the Agudas Israel Base Binyamin in Brooklyn starting at 8 p.m. Information about the event and the entire Tere Vadas Flapu Shabbos at 718-941-8000, 718-941-8000. Big shout-out to our friends at Mayanot Yeshiva High School who have designated the 25th of December for their annual day of study in the liberal arts and sciences, it starts at 9.30 in the morning, goes till 12.30 at Mayanote on Palisade Avenue in Teaneck. Program begins with Dr. Julie Goldstein, chair of Mayanote's Jewish History Department on the topic of Isaac's Ashes, the startling representation of children in Jewish culture. And then there are sessions on advanced topics in the liberal arts and sciences taught by the Mayanote faculty. It's always an amazing day, it gets a good crowd, and you may want to check this out on Thursday, December 25th, especially if you have the day off. Information, contact my note at 201-833-4307, 201-833-4307. The last Survivor historic event that we've been talking about, the Cecilia production event in Las Vegas, is next Saturday night. And anybody who'd like to go to Las Vegas for Shabbos and be at the Venetian Hotel with Dudu Fisher and be part of that Saturday night historic event that they are Going all out for here's your chance. Go to the website thelastsurvivorevent.com, dot dot com. You'll be hosted by retired General Eugene Liebowitz. There will be hundreds of Holocaust survivors in attendance, and Dudu Fisher is going to, uh, to is going to headline this historic event on Saturday night at the Venetian. Can you imagine? Unbelievable. Uh, Thelastsurvivorevent dot com. The last survivor. Event.com. Congregation Talmud Torah of Flatbush continues their amazing lecture series. Tomorrow night, Rabbi Tzvi Ram, the wonderful rabbi of the Bialystekar Synagogue in the Lower East Side and administrator of the Manhattan Besdin, he'll speak about from the casebook of the Besdin, unusual stories and issues in contemporary conversion. It's tomorrow night. It starts at 8 p.m., I believe. And, um, yes, 8 o'clock. And, um, uh, information, you contact Congregation Tomataro Flapush. They're at 1305 Coney Island Avenue in Brooklyn. And, uh, they have been getting great crowds for that lecture series. Call to them. Lower East Side of Manhattan, Congregation Hassam Sofer has their Shabbos Hazonus tonight featuring Yankee Lemmer, Chazen Yankee Lemmer, and choir leader Yechiel Posner tonight at 4.15, tomorrow at 8.45 a.m. Join Rabbi Azriel Sif and President Eugene Weiser in this unique Shabbos Chazonis at ten Clinton Street. It's the corner of Clinton and Houston on the lower east side of Manhattan. It is the Congregation Chassam Sofer. And then the Lower East Side, welcomes are by Simcha Hachbaum and are by Daniel Rosenstein of the Chevron Fund the nefesh for eretz israel that's the topic this coming sunday morning at 10:15 at the orenstein building on Bialystoker place in the lower east side the event is a memory of gene singer information contact the chevron fund at 718-677-6886 by the way whoever um whoever uh, sent out the newsletter from chevron and i don't expect them to know this so it's fine um but whoever said that it's the orenstein building Anybody in lower Manhattan knows that it's the Orenstein building. They had misidentified it, but now I'm sure sh- but I'm sure everyone w- would be able to figure it out anyway. But anyway, to be a stickler, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, so by Hochbaum or by Rosenstein, it's uh, Sunday 10:15 in the morning at the Orenstein building on Stucker Place in New York City. And the Yitzchak Library and Family Center located at 564 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst where we did a great pre-Hanukkah show last year. They have their 4th anniversary pre-Hanukkah celebration coming up. This coming Sunday, Balloon Twisting, The Bravest Fireman Reading, and you can meet Fireman Jason at that event. Uh, a live Hanukkah adventure video presentation of the Maccabees. David Adler, author of many favorite children's books, appears at 3 p.m. Uh, you could actually borrow an extra four books for your family this Sunday, starting at 11 a.m. until 5 o'clock, in honor of their fourth anniversary. So check it out in Cedarhurst, the Levi Yitzchuk Library and Family Center, their big pre-Hanukkah celebration with crafts, raffles, fun, and more at 564 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. Check that out. Oh, and I wanted to give a shout-out to TABC. Uh, the Torah Academy uh, Hanukkah blood drive has been announced. Circle Thursday, December 18th. Thursday, December 18th, the blood drive at TABC in Teaneck happens in the second-floor lounge at their building at 1600 Queen Anne Road. They prefer appointments, but walk-ins are welcome. They need to be 16 years old. In order to do this, to schedule an appointment, speak with Nurse Linda or Nurse Nancy at 201-837-7696, extension 106. It's 201-837-7696, extension 106. And again, that happens on the 18th of December. Plenty more coming up. It's JM and the AM Friday. Don't forget Malcolm Hone Weekly update is on the way and plenty more. Keep it here at JM and the AM with the brand new Vahavienu New Volume 4.
5: Kihatati Lecha Becholi Alcool Pesha'i Alcool Haita Tamid
3: قوم غمك شكى لي فامين يا سلوكين اتى لعالم نور اخو ملك مالح يوم لخين رب
4: الخاين
7: اله سر قلبي عن خوط غمك شكى لي but I will be a little bit
3: of I'm <laughs> <laughs> Gangs, it is a
0: living
3: the a Me leg
0: J.M. and the A.M., Melech, Malchem, Lachem, done by Ohad and the Kinderlach, live from a Chuppah presentation. Benny Friedman and company before that with just one Shabbos. Uh, that cover was done during the Shabbos project a few to ago, you may recall. Seems like a million years ago. And uh, you heard the uh, Kamu uh, selection done by uh, Vahavienu, volume number four here at J.M. In the AM. 20 minutes before 8 o'clock, weekly update any minute now, as Malcolm Homeland will join us and we'll discuss the events of the week. Make sure to stay tuned in and we will get to uh, all the different things that have happened this week, a very important week. Well, every week seems to be important, of course. Uh, Rabbi Yudin at 8, 15, 9 a.m., Naomi Nachman, an encore presentation of one of her uh, table for two programs. And uh, coming up at 10 a.m., because of our wonderful friends at Kedem, we have an incredible Erev Shabbos music mix that goes from 10 a.m. all the way until candle lighting. Make sure you have the NSN app, Nachum Segal Network, NSN app. It is the easiest, best most efficient way to tune into everything that we do all day long, all night long. The NSN app. Special, uh, a special mention of Michael Fragan and last night's spin class program. Um, if you're into politics, you gotta go to the archives. You can do it on our app. Uh, and on the web, obviously. And you gotta listen to last night's show. Just a great job. Israeli politics, Rockland County politics, New Jersey, New York politics, if you're an observer of those scenes like I am, it was just so enjoyable. Thank you, Michael Frigg. and More coming up, including Malcolm Holmline, next. Keep it at JM in the AM. in the a.m. Moshe Band, great brand new CD entitled Shabbat Volume Number 1 That, of course Shalom Aleichem. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically recommend our incredible live stream to all of their readers if you want thousands of articles about what's going on in this amazing world of ours, especially if it's Jewish related. Check out JewishWorldReview.com Print out Tens, if not hundreds of articles before Shabbos. Well, it's a short Shabbos. I don't know if you need hundreds. <laughs> but a lot of people do print that a lot from there. I can tell you that much. And enjoy all their uh, offerings. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Vayishlach, candle candlelighting at 4.08 on this Erev Shabbos. We started to say the same Talumattar last night. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. Uh, Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's always good to be with you. I appreciate that, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you publicly. Rumor had it that I was in Brooklyn last Saturday night. Obviously, you didn't believe it, but you came on down to the kitchen click for Saturday Night Seagull just to do your own investigation. So thank you very much.
8: Yeah, Well, first of all, you can't believe rumors, you know, that circulate in the neighborhood. And, uh, I wanted to see if they really gave you a visa to come.
0: <laughs> well, I made it to Brooklyn. It was a lot of fun, and I was honored, as was everybody there, that you came by, and I thank you for that. All right, Friday morning, it's the weekly update time. We have not spoken about events uh, uh, in depth in the last two weeks, so there's plenty to talk about. We now have March the 17th designated as the day... For the new election, uh, one of the things we spoke about this week is that it's not a hundred percent, or at least on Wednesday, it was not a hundred percent official yet. I- is it in fact a hundred percent official now, or there's still a couple of you know steps that need to be taken to make uh, to make March the seventeenth a one hundred percent election day in Israel?
8: No, the date is set. It's uh, it's determined by the speaker of the Knesset convenes leaders of the major parties, and then they agree on it. There was a dispute within the groups and uh, Netanyahu's. Uh, The representatives wanted it a week earlier, Uh, other parties wanted it later, and so this was the compromise date.
0: Well, besides the JM and the AM annual fundraiser, what else was on the calendar that they were worried about interfering with?
8: be Purim. I don't know. That, oh, it could uh, be Taka. You're it, right. No, because they, they felt the Purim spiel too. And, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're but, right, I think Purim's at the end of the week, and if they would have done it that earlier date, it would have been literally the Tuesday after Purim. You may be right, by the way.
8: But that it, a, actually, you know, Pesach is a, usually a consideration because right. the country closed down and people can't campaign right before, and they're busy. And, and, and but I'm being serious. Yeah, I know. They take the Jewish calendar very much into consideration. But it's also, uh, the, and Netanyahu wanted the election as soon as possible, I guess, because it obviously gives him an advantage. Right. But uh, I think more than that, you know, the country won't have a budget, and you can't function very long uh, without one. You can. The government actually is the strongest government. You can't have a no-confidence vote because the Knesset is suspended, everything else is suspended, and uh, while the media... Will be going around telling all the stories. The fact is that the people themselves are going to be relatively uh, mm-hmm. relatively uh, isolated from the uh, impacting the issues, critical issues. And the law in Israel is that if you don't have a, a budget within three months, you have to have the election. It was clear that they were not going to get an agreement. Then there was, of course, the talk about a putsch and, uh, and right. other things, and then and, and subsequent reports indicated that uh, Lapid did, in fact, send representatives to speak to some of the parties. But this was headed in this direction, and some say it was dysfunctional from the beginning, that it was, uh, um, you know, the frictions were there all along between the various parties, and that you had too, too broad a, right. a coalition. But it's the nature of Israeli politics, and I'm not sure yet that we see emerging something that will be dramatically different, although you have a new elements like Cajalone running and also there's a three point two five now percent threshold.
0: That's larger than usual. Higher. Right. Right.
8: And and therefore let's say the Arab parties are gonna have to unite so that they don't lose their and and if you don't reach the threshold the people voted for you the votes are lost. Right. Uh,
0: They get redistributed, so to speak.
8: Right. And that also eliminates people running, you know, two party, two delegate parties and things are going to be much more
0: reluctant. This might be just, you know, party politics. I don't, I don't mean party as in political party. I mean parties because that's the way they vote in Israel. So that may be the simple answer. But how do you reconcile the following two things? Today's Jerusalem Post poll, 60% Do not favor Netanyahu and do not want him as prime minister. On the other end, if you take a poll of, you know, likelihood of who will be the next prime minister, it would be Bibi Netanyahu. Is that simply because Likud will still garner, you know, such a large percentage of the votes?
8: Uh, Well, it's, there's, first of all, in Israeli politics, nothing's a contradiction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It can all exist together. They always
8: say that Israelis (laughs) are the only people who tell the truth to pollsters and then lie at the polls. So that they're notoriously, uh, Unpredictable, but the, the in this case, uh, I think it is that Netanyahu has lost popularity. I think during the course of the campaign, uh, it, it will improve. People re-examine; they look at the candidates. The the um, so while 60 percent or whatever the number is, 69, 60 percent, I think they said right. uh, would not support it. Yep. Uh, but the fact is, when they look at who else, they don't find another alternative. So that they may vote for him in regards or vote for the liquid list. Again, that's why I think Kahalon's coming in could be, uh,
0: right. make a big difference. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you already indicated that it looked like we were heading to new elections, and I, I think you were sort of 50-50, but, you know, as an insider that you are, you probably were, you know, you felt it was more likely. Is there any benefit to it? We know all the negatives, and, and you have said on this program so many times, you know, how, you know, what the bad part is that Israel goes to new elections. Is there any positive at all that new elections are called now and that there'll be three and a half months of campaigning?
8: Uh, it, it's very expensive. It's very. Uh, it takes a heavy toll on the internal uh, amity within the society, amity within the society. The you know the pits, uh, even within families, who, who, people who who have different uh, party affiliations. Uh, but I do think that the current situation was deteriorating and was making it difficult to get things done. Right second uh, that's
0: why Caroline Glick says that it's worth the investment of whatever money it costs for the election. Yeah,
8: so I don't right. think that the money is the issue right. it actually came out that Stanley Fisher when he was governor of the bank bought dollars and with the uh, in- increase in the price of the dollars 10% percent you know to the shekel. They actually made about $7 billion in in, in their reserves, so he, they have money to spend.
0: Boy, uh, <laughs> does, does Warren Buffett admire him? I mean, like, this guy's, like, unbelievable.
8: <laughs> he, he did a great job, and he's now, as you know, the, the deputy head here in the United States. Right. So, uh, you know, the government right now is, is, as I said, the most powerful government that Israel can have. And they can do things, even though they are reluctant because it looks like they're doing it without you know they are doing it without parliamentary approval uh, and maybe this you know the system needs to be shaken up it probably needs to be reformed i think that the coalition system hampers them it is the ultimate democracy by giving people you know the multiple choices right but uh, the, the the coalition deals the constant bickering is not
0: helpful. Is Yesh Atid now without an Atid? Is is this the end of the party, or is it, you know, going to uh, sort of go to the waste bin of history with I don't know two or three or four seats this time around? What do you think of Yair Lapid and his future?
8: Uh, he, he will run. He probably in the polls. I think he's getting between six, some polls say eight, nine seats. I don't think that's correct. I don't. I think that people are very disappointed in him. They they had great expectations, young, coming in there, a breath of fresh air, and in fact, uh, and and Netanyahu gave him the Ministry of Finance, which is one of the three top posts. Uh, the feeling is that he really didn't didn't have the experience or the knowledge on, on the part of some and others who feel that he was hampered by the coalition. Uh, We'll have to see, but uh, I I wouldn't write him off from Israeli politics. I don't think he'll be the factor. Bennett obviously increases significantly, uh, and Kahlan may take from him, may take from Likud. We'll have to see. Uh, I think Likud is going to have to run to the right. Uh, The the, uh, merits looks like it gains a couple seats because it picks up the left vote. And I think Livney
0: Oh, meaning you, yes, that's his fall off from the left side, you mean?
8: From the left, yeah. and also Labor. Right. Um, uh, if uh, uh, Livney goes with uh, Labor, as I think she, she will, they pick up uh, some polls, even have him at 20 or make him the biggest party. But that has been. People should not be diverted by that because you see uh, Bennett, some polls, and others. It's too fluid to make any kind of judgment
0: like mm. that. Is Cajlone popular? And I guess he's the Bennett slash Lapid of this election, right? If those two were the wild cards or the, you know, the, the, the interesting exactly. ones to watch, he would be the interesting one to watch this time. Does he have enough to, to get any significant number of mandates?
8: Well, first of all, it depends who he's able to attract. Does he pick up a, a Mofaz? Does Gideon Tsar mm. come back? The former Minister of Education, Minister of uh, Deputy Prime Minister, and was Minister of Interior. And, and all I, indications
0: are that he, he wants, wants back in, right?
8: And not all, but I, yeah. I had uh, I met with him when he was here in New York, and I had the occasion to discuss. You know, his plans. he, he did not intend to come back now to politics, but the situation, and if there's a vacuum uh, perceived then I think it's a good chance he will will come back. He is very popular.
0: He didn't intend to come back in until he heard there was an election.
8: (laughs) (laughs) They they all anticipated that an election would take place. But, you know, the average Israeli government lasts two and a half years.
0: So this is shorter, right?
8: Shorter. This is one of the shortest governments. Uh, It's a little, just about two years. Um, But everybody anticipated there would be an election 2015 at some point.
0: Do you fear that three and a half months of campaigning, I don't know, it, it has the potential to escalate, God forbid, security concerns in Israel? We know what's going on. We heard about Malaya Ademim this week, Yudan Shamron. We, we, I mean, we, we spoke about the massacre in Harnof at length the last time we spoke. We know this situation and what is happening in, in too many areas and too many isolated incidents. Um, do you fear that this atmosphere in Israel can make that even more heated, or it's really irrelevant. It doesn't matter what the political situation is in Israel. The intelligence and the security is what it is.
8: No, I do think it's relevant in the sense that you know candidates tend to make statements, um, give their projections, or project their views and policies. Uh, some of which will deal with security situation. Some will deal with the um, the tensions that you, you mentioned and the rise in, in incidents, which uh, you know has taken at least psychologically uh, heavy toll, and physically a significant one. Uh, but it, it, the more uh, the more I think is on people's attitude and people's concerns, that may benefit the parties on the right. Uh, people can't go around living in fear, and the fact is that it's very isolated, and those who are planning trips should not be deterred. This is not something that, that uh, people are subjected to generally. These are isolated incidents. They do not appear to be part of. Of an organized effort, there's no indication that an intifada is about to break out, uh, or will break out. So, uh,
0: Fra- frankly, if it would, you'd think it would have already at this point, right?
8: Yes, and it, it, you know there is, there hasn't the terrorism. You see that it's down. You don't see the same number of attacks on the the like railroad or on the streets. They do continue, and there are new laws and new policies that have been implemented to to cut back on these uh, activities. They have policemen coming in from outside areas uh, to Jerusalem. So uh, it's, a, it's calmed down. But, uh, yes, I do think an election tends to uh, get candidates to uh, utilize rhetoric that they might otherwise not
0: use. Yeah, simple as that. Um, Malcolm Holmline with us, weekly update Friday morning. It's JM in the AM. Um, there's, everyone wonders... What will happen, and, and we have to talk about November 24th, a deadline came and went, as you predicted, of course. I don't even know if there is a new deadline, by the way, when it comes to Iran at this point. Um, we'll get to that coming up. But everyone wonders what the leader of Israel, whoever it may be, is going to do as the U.S. and other powers around this world continue to ignore Iran. I know it's not complete ignoring, but you get my point. They, they continue to allow them to enrich, to build, and, and we know where they're heading. Uh, is that going to be a major factor, that they still want Bibi you know, with the potential, with his, you know, commitment to go get Iran if necessary? Right, is that going to be a major factor in this election?
8: Iran will be a significant concern, but I think the election will be primarily domestic. It will be on social issues, the economy, uh, which has turned down, and and people, even though the numbers are still very strong, but people don't feel that. They feel that prices have been inflated and that uh, for food basics, um, income not matching it, So I think the domestic issues like here will be the dominant issues. But that doesn't demean or diminish the concern about Iran. We've had a a lot of stories in the last week uh, that should be of concern, and especially Khamenei uh, telling the armed forces to to build up their... um, capacities and this is he said don't worry about the negotiations and diplomacy <laughs> they have a lot of new innovations that they are introducing they're making statements every day some of it true some of it not but more importantly is his declaration about annihilating israel and 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 other statements coming from top leaders in iran that we will deal with the crusaders in rome meaning the christians the jews in the, in in uh, jerusalem and the and even Mecca and Medina, which they want to liberate from the Sunnis.
0: That's why I say that there is a possibility that the Knesset will be led by somebody who is not as strong on this issue as Bibi Netanyahu, who we always think, I think everyone always thinks in the back of their mind, that if it comes down to it, he would make sure Israel takes care of whatever needs to be taken care of themselves. We have to come to the realization that the next leader of Israel, if it's not him, could have a completely different attitude. It may not be as quick to act against Iran.
8: Personally, Iran is a consensus issue in Israel. It's overwhelming. No
0: matter who the leader
8: is, no matter who, and as you know, different leaders obviously take different different approaches to it. But nobody in Israel, no leader in Israel, no national leader in Israel, dismisses um, the what has happened. They look at at now the announcement this week about the Sudan that they've signed this new defense and security pact with Sudan, they admit that they got new missiles that they that Qatar, uh, Qatar paid for, that they shipped to Libya, to the, to the rebels of Libya, to elsewhere. They are a major transfer point, but uh, they have a full battalion of the IRGC there. This is their own announcement. I mean, these are official announcements right. that got no attention again, and the is it as significant, I think, as what we saw, in a sense, in, in Yemen, which here we talked about for months and the world just woke up to it when mm-hmm. it was too late this is there's a joint military and security committee they they are involved in building air bases air defense systems other things which worries egypt uh, as well and at the same time they're running to be vice chair of the committee on accreditation which israel seems to be alone in fighting at the united nations
0: meaning yemen wants to be vice chair
8: no uh, 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 iran oh iran And you know they said it's like Al Capone Mm running to be head of the FBI, (laughs) and the the former head of the CIA, Michael Hayden, a very thoughtful guy, said that absent an invasive system, a regime that really gives them freedom to visit all the sites, which go back goes back to your comment about the failure of the agreements and and the situation as it is, it is not intrusive, it is not comprehensive. They say that they allowed them, but in fact, we know that, that Ir- Iran has not allowed the IEA to visit a lot of the sites, especially weaponization and others, that the past military development, they call it the PMD, which has become common use, and nobody knows what it stands for, uh, uh, It tells us that they, that they have, and unless you know that, you can't tell where they're at or what to look for in the future. We don't know about the hidden sites. And he said that u s intelligence can't provide uh, a, a uh, adequate warning of the major developments what we they call the breakout period meaning that the United States is seeking no longer to dismantle the entire process but to contain it and to get a, a year breakout well a year breakout many people say is not a, a real goal and it's not practical in, in these uh, in these circumstances and and the um, the, uh, Ali Heinenen, who used to be the head of the IEA, said that they have five fold in, increased their uh, nuclear threat. And I can go through the numbers and statistics, we don't have to. It is not that they didn't get any agreements and that there isn't some good in what they said about closing Ford Oak or, or, or taking the um, plutonium plant and, and revising it. But others say revising is not enough because it can be reversible. Too many of these things are reversible. They say so. The sanctions are reversible. that They will click back. That is not the way, I think, it works. So there is a lot of concern. And I think even on the part of the negotiators, and I was in Washington this week, met with some of them about uh, what really, uh, uh, where they're at right now. And then the pressure you see at the United Nations is not about Iran. But calling on Israel to renounce its uh, nuclear uh, weapons.
0: Uh, yeah, isn't that an annual tradition, by the way, at the UN? Or, yeah, or, or, or sem- it's
8: Egypt that, that leads it, but right. it, uh, it, yeah, it's an annual
0: ritual. maybe semi-annual. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to ruin. an annual
8: ritual that they yeah. well only meets. Uh, yearly, that they uh, that they have this meeting uh, that they they
0: uh, demand that Israel
8: they demand Israel each time uh, give in.
0: America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, org. broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios here in Jersey City, New Jersey. Welcome to everybody tuned in on the NSN app around the world. Number of people listening uh, through that venue seems to increase every week, and I thank you. Um Two things before we get back to the deadline, which I'm going to ask you about. Number one, th- does the U.S. now realize that the peace process, whatever it is and whatever you you know, it, however we regard it at this point, is now suspended for three and a half months, or not necessarily so?
8: Well, there was none really uh, underway, and uh, I think that the paralysis on the Palestinian side uh, was evident all along. This obviously, there, there can't be really serious negotiations when you don't have the cabinet and when everybody will be focused on elections and campaigning but it doesn't mean that discussions can't go on and there were efforts underway the united states hadn't stopped uh, trying to, to push the parties into to some sort of talks But right now i think the general sense is and you hear that across the parties that that abbas is not a partner and abbas is, is not capable some who say look he's the best you're going to get you got to deal with him now right. They, they look at the, the Hamas saying that they're rethinking the relationship. They said they broke the agreement. They didn't renew the agreement. It's very unclear, and they will, they like the ambiguity. That's how Abbas has always worked, and so he has deniability on the on the one hand, um, and you know you see that Hamas moved its headquarters to Turkey, and Israel's gone to NATO in the last week to, to try to get them to take some action to force uh, Turkey. To act against uh, al who's the, and and uh, who himself was responsible for dozens of a, dozens of
0: attacks. Has Turkey expressed any interest in doing that? No, they're not. They don't want to intervene, or well,
8: they not. They support him, right? They, exactly. Uh, the, you can't I,
0: depend on Turkey anymore.
8: Right? You cannot depend on Turkey uh, at all. Mm. But you see that, and also that the uh, incitement about Al-Aqsa is continuing, and now they've gone online. To do this and and yeah. that can drive anybody anywhere. That's why I I, I acts of
0: violence. That's why the PA Hamas proposed split at this point is so strange. PA is acting so much like Hamas now. Yeah,
8: but it's not about that. It's, first of all, it's, they, they they threaten each other. You know, they, they try to blow up. They blew up uh, several houses in Gaza of Fatah officials. The tensions between them has to do with financing, paying each other's uh, staff. It, it's not about the, those issues. Right. There they agree but uh, on on everything else uh, they don't but again right. the, the rhetoric and the, the sermons uh, recorded al aqsa and uh, elsewhere are are continue to yeah
0: and don't expect that and don't expect what the results of that rhetoric to dissipate quickly that lasts for generations as we know it lasts Um, I'm sure you're in touch with European leaders and European Jewish leaders, especially in light of this attack in France, which horrified everybody. And there's so many other attacks that you're familiar with because you get these communiques regularly. So number one, what do these European Jewish leaders tell you about their, you know, about Jewish life now in cities like Paris and beyond? And do you think Sharansky's prediction that during this school year, the one we're in right now, 1% of French Jews will move to Israel? Is it possible that that number is now going to come true?
8: I do think the one percent is definitely possible. I th- but that remember that's six thousand Jews right. and uh, we already are, are close to that number and the, uh, the you know there had been an increased in immigration. Some of the people, the immigration buy apartments, uh, their families are there in Israel and the breadwinners still go to, to Paris. Some have now dual residences. Uh, but I do think that the population that is becoming more and more rest of the attack, the rape of a woman this week, a 19-year-old, and telling her it's because you are a Jew, and has really shook up the community. I spoke to them that day, and it was, I mean, really went to the core. Mm. Uh, and as it should, there has been a slow awakening. As you know, I, I did an annual debate with the leaders of the French Jewish community, and for years I said... Look, the demographics are such, it's clear, you've got to get out, you have to plan for it. There's no way, it's it's not even something based on violence, it's, it's much broader than that.
0: But when you speak to leaders there, it's not now just... Now it's
8: changed a lot.
0: It's, it's not just about, about the attitude, right? It's not just about Aliyah, though. You, you also are concerned about their own safety concerns. I mean, I, I guess they're doing everything they can at this point, right, in terms of Jewish institutions and trying to protect their own in the community.
8: They are very much oriented towards that, but and look to the government. The government has made... Uh, strong statements. The uh, police chief made a very strong statement that day, but the problem is you don't see it on the ground. And unless, and, and even if you did, I don't think that the demographic uh, differences, I think some of the other factors that are at play, we see the radicalization of communities. You see the, the huge number of French guys fighting in, in Syria who will be coming back, the, the, the individual or collective threats that exist. I just don't see how that situation can go anywheres but down, and and you hear it from leaders now, the same people who debated me and who you know were insulted by my assertions. Yep. And it's not, but 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 it's worse in other countries, Belgium, Scandinavia, the, the number of assaults, but and here as well.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, here as well as right. We should remind everybody about that. I know I'm bouncing around, but, hey, that means that there's been a lot this week. Uh, so back to the deadline now for a moment. I started this that segment by saying November 24th, passed and, you know, passed us by, et cetera. Is, is there a new deadline now? Like, is, is there a new date that's been circled, or the United States hasn't even bothered with that at this point? No,
8: there's two dates. One is uh, four months uh, in March, which is uh, where they're supposed to be presenting the framework agreement and then the details hammered out, I think the more technical part, uh, by uh, seven months. And then, um, I guess that's by July, right. uh, they have to have the plan. It can always be extended again, yeah. it can be shorter, it can break down. The The fact is that the agreements reached till now do not seem to provide the kind of safeguards, and there are a lot of questions... There are, there is progress. They show that the sanctions relief has yielded for Iran the cash that it, uh, it was expected. You got 4.6 billion instead of 7 billion. That can be disputed, but but they they also did get some uh, some concession, but far from anything that really denies Iran the capacity and the capability to develop it. And you know, 69 percent of Americans in a poll show that they oppose leaving. Iran with the nuclear capability, Hmm. and the Congress is overwhelmingly supportive, and they want new sanctions, and the new Congress will for sure do it. Even this Congress could do something on it, and Menendez has been a key leader in this.
0: Uh, Yeah, we we keep praising him. The, The man who doesn't get the recognition he deserves.
8: And then the, and the, exactly, and then the, uh, others, there, Schumer has come out, others have come out lately, uh, uh r- recognizing the need and, uh, and expressing concern with the, uh, arrangement, uh, certainly Lindsey Graham, uh, Mark Kirk, uh, but, uh, I, remember with the new Congress, you're gonna have a much larger Republican majority, and the right. key is it's not to get a majority, it's to get 67 to override right. a veto or to avoid a veto, uh, by the president of of, uh, the new sanctions, and the new sanctions would be prospective, meaning they won't go into effect now. They're just a message to Iran that if there's no deal or a bad deal, then they will come into effect.
0: By the way, uh, you know, you can imagine how many people in this audience are from New Jersey. Uh, A good opportunity to remind everybody to call Senator Menendez and be in touch with him to give proper thanks, because, you know, especially, like I say, this audience, I mean, uh, it, it, for some reason, he's. It, it seems like he does all this under the radar, and does not get the recognition that some people in Congress, you know, like to enjoy.
8: Well, he's so, not a guy who seeks headlines, right? Exactly. He's been a leader on this consistently along, and uh, together, it's it's Menendez, Kirk, uh, Senator Kirk from uh, Chicago, also deserves it. But but many people should be recognized, and and people should be asking their. Um, Representatives, there's only a week left of the session. That means they'll be all be home. Senators and congressmen meet with them, invite them to synagogues and communities. Ask them what they've done on this. Ask them to to tell you their positions. How much? What are they prepared to do when a new congress comes in? And uh, on this, and on of course the U.S. Israel relationship. There is good news there, that Israel, the strategic partnership was enshrined. It was voted in September unanimously by the Senate, but it was voted unanimously by the House uh, this week that it involves supporting Israel as a Jewish state. talks about the the various issues, including the stockpile being increased by $200 million in in weapons. It affects a wide variety of areas where U.S. and Israel are in constant uh, cooperation. And we heard there were rumors, not saying these are facts, but of threats of sanctions against Israel, Mm -hmm. which... Uh, supposedly leaders in the administration didn't deny when asked by reporters uh, that uh, there was a plan being developed uh, over the building in uh, in Jerusalem. I would suggest they look at the vote in the Congress before they, they uh, allow rumors like this to get around, and uh, let alone a reality of trying to impose sanctions. It's not where the American people are. It's not where our elected officials are. It would be the worst decision possible and uh, I hope that uh, I, I hope it's all rumors and, and there's no truth to it. But usually in Washington, you know, where there's smoke, there's some fire. Interesting. I mean,
0: some fire. Yeah, understood. By the way, uh, you mentioned the unanimous vote in Congress In Israel. The only unanimous vote is when they want to dissolve the, go- the government. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing. Well, that, that's not even unanimous. I know it wasn't even unanimous. <laughs> that's the only thing everybody could agree on in Israel. Speaking of which, I didn't ask you. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are curious. Um, where does this put the religious parties in Israel? And I'm not asking this to be funny or tongue-in-cheek. I'm asking this seriously. Will they end up with more and better financial footing from the government of Israel if, in fact, you know the results of the March election are the way they, that we think they're going to go?
8: It's much too early to determine. You see the splits within Shas. You see splits within some of the others. Uh, uh, and some of them already announced that they won't join a government. Uh, so... It, it's much too early to determine how this how this will play out, but you know negotiations offer opportunities right. and to to join a coalition, especially if it would be so fractured as the numbers appear to be now, uh, they could be in a position to try and negotiate a better
0: deal. Uh, the nationality bill. What's the status in Israel? It, it, it never went it to a frozen now, to, and which means that and, and so what? It was the prime minister who introduced it. It was the Prime Minister who introduced... Important, it. not important. Give me your assessment of how you view it.
8: Uh, well, it's seen here by some people as as detrimental. It's seen by others as positive. Uh, others see it as just a, an affirmation of what is already in the in the Declaration of Independence, right. declaring Israel as a Jewish state. Um, so uh, I think now getting a cooling off period to, to think about the ramifications... Probably a good idea, uh, and we'll see. But but the law itself will come back in the new Knesset. But what happens is that you have to start from where you left off, mm. and it had uh, a reading, but it had didn't have final reading. It wasn't it's not clear that they had a, a, a overwhelming majority for it
0: so we'll see. And um, it, I saw the Jerusalem Post had a, an assassination attempt against the Prime Minister. Does that happen more often than we know of, or was this an exception, or what?
8: Well, there were plots against Lieberman and others.
0: Yeah, even the Prime Minister, they write,
8: And even the Prime Minister, and this is, you know, unfortunately, that's why he has a lot of security and why they, thank God, Israeli intelligence is what it is. They prevent Many, many attacks. I just saw in Great Britain announced that, that they prevented 40 terrorist attacks since the subway, you know, the bombings in, that took place in 2005. Right. Uh, and most of the countries are devoting more and more resources, as the United States, and NYPD is exemplary in that regard, uh, to intelligence work and to, to trying to anticipate and prevent not having to clean up after terrorist attacks. But it's a phenomenon that, that grows wider and wider, and that's why stories like the Sudan story or, you know, the, the growth of ISIS and, and their declarations about, you know, their activities in the Arabian Peninsula and Sinai, Yemen, Libya, Algeria, that Iran can, can proclaim, you know, that they, for the first time in history, control four Arab capitals that Shiites do, uh, you know, in Yemen, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, and now looking at the Sudan... The 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 whole point of of the the growth of uh, Islamic State and moving east and west and and thinking that they're mandated by uh, Allah to to do this and uh, talking about the the caliphate uh, and the flag flying over the various sites people you know don't don't take it seriously these guys are really serious they They mean mean it and I think the you know. The West, they better wake up to this reality and, and take it a lot more seriously.
0: Hagel's gone. Next, um, next uh, defense secretary will be any idea?
8: Yes, Ashton Carter. And that is who? He was an official in the defense department uh, till two years ago, I think, and he uh, is more of a technocrat.
0: Um, Did we over panic on Hagel or not?
8: <laughs> well, I think. Uh, you know, as I, as people have uh, jokingly said Who would have believed that two years in We would say Hegel's the best friend of Israel In <laughs> the administration he, he turned out to be really good And you saw the words of the defense minister Praising Hegel yep. And the defense and military you know, cooperation Is really exemplary And continues to be And we have to acknowledge it
0: A lot of Jewish time and effort was spent On him not being uh, accepted as a nominee well, No,
8: but in the end we agreed, and uh, I met with him, and um, uh, he turned out, he, and he sought more independence, and it's the third uh, Secretary of Defense that the United States has had, and if you look at the books the other ones wrote, or what they had to say, uh, and now he seems to be echoing it, saying that it was by mutual agreement, but uh, felt that there was either too much interference, not enough consultation, whatever, uh, it's a shake-up, and, and others leaving, it's not unusual two years before the end of an administration after the midterm elections that people start to look to their next job or try to, you know, get lobbying positions while the government's still in place. Uh, and also there seems to be some internal, you know, maneuvering and uh, dissatisfaction
0: that always uh, leads to people leaving too. There's something going on, that's for sure. Uh, finally, what do you think of the uh, the the actual... Event and the symbolism of the prime minister's son entering the Israeli army
8: shows that everybody serves, that nobody's exempt, that the uh...
0: and the timing after one of the roughest summers in recent history for the Israeli army.
8: That's right. So it's not easy. I, I, I feel bad for him because it, you know must not be easy being a prime minister's son in any event. But uh, especially, you know, when you go into the army and there, everybody's treated equally. He's not getting special treatment. He's a, a fine boy. I know him. I, I remember him since he's I know him since he's very little. And, um, and I think that, the, you know, the fact that the nation focused on it, and um, it's a reaffirmation that this is a people's army, that the army is there to serve the people, and, and the love for the IDF I don't think is diminished at all. Uh, and I think people see the importance when you look around Israel today and you see the dangers and we didn't even get into the story of IS and what's going on in Syria and other parts that's right I mean we have such a catalog of Tsars to, to talk about, of issues to talk about but uh, you know the, the, um, the fact is also good news that uh, trade with uh, China is topping 10 billion and expected to double again
0: You're talking about Israeli trade.
8: Sure, in a short while. There are many good stories. They don't get uh, the attention. Israel's involvement with Ebola, Israel's involvement in in many other areas, uh, doesn't get the attention. And we're seeing an increase in the BDS movement. And and I just, for one moment, because people I know are skeptical about it, they don't see it. The effort on American campuses is growing every day. This this, uh, movement for the... um, uh, for uh, Palestinian independence, it's, uh, the, the, the SPJ, I think it's called, uh, is really dangerous and it's in many cases involves physical violence. This is not to be dismissed, and we're all investing heavily in it. We get great response, by the way, from Hispanic communities today. We're getting great response from, we just had an Asian American trip to Israel. We're finding More and more of the American people are ready if they're given the opportunity to learn about Israel uh, uh, beyond the distortions and misrepresentations in the press. So our people, our community has to do more. People in their daily conversations, telling, sharing the facts, taking the information to the people. It's really critical now. We should not take it for granted, and and especially for our kids on campus. And we provide legal service. We provide a lot of other things. But communities should reach out to students in their areas to the Jewish students for Shabbos so they don't feel isolated and become vulnerable to cults and everything else, but also to help support them. It's a really critical time and this is a frightening movement. We see it in Europe and it's easier to look when it's distant. It's a lot harder to do it when it's closer to you.
0: Excellent. Uh, Malcolm Holmline will speak again next week. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thanks for joining us. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. joins us Friday's for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Candle lighting at 4.08, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomre Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin.
9: Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of eating Parshas Vayishlach, Pashas VaYishlach is a very rich, exciting, important parsha because it not only contains several very marked experiences within the life of Yaakov, including the change of name from Yaakov to Yisrael, but it is looked upon as a further means of the Jewish people throughout Jewish history and teaching them how to relate to the non-Jewish world and especially in times of tension and against their enemies. Because course, the rabbis see that when the Torah describes... Yaakov and his encounter with his brother Esau, It is not just two individuals, but rather two nations. And so, the rabbis tell us that throughout the years, before Jewish leaders went to Rome and had to make decisions politically, they read and reread and studied Parshas VaYishlach. And so too, in our days, the late. Prime Minister Menachem Begin, of Levracha, when he met President Anwar Sadat of Egypt, he went through and studied Parshas VaYishlach for guidance and divine inspiration. We find in the Parsha that it's so exciting and alive. Yaakov prepares to meet his brother with three different manners. He prepares for war, and therefore divides his camp. And what does he say? That should God forbid Esav come and attack one, And so it is that throughout Jewish history, as we saw the Jews were spread out, and so, if unfortunately, Jews were being killed in Europe, Jews of America were saved. Yaakov prepares for war, he prepares for tefillah, for prayer, showing that he did not rely upon that which God had promised him years before. 20 years earlier, at that majestic dream that God said, Don't worry, Yaakov, I'm with you, I will guard you. But rather, Yaakov and the Jew always feels perhaps I've already exhausted all my credit and therefore I have to constantly pray to restore that relationship and improve myself. And finally, the Doron, finally the present and the contribution that the Jew has to make to society. We find in this week's parasha the wrestling match between Yaakov and the Sar Shal Esav, the guardian angel of Esav, whom the rabbis identify as the Ish, the man who mugs Yaakov and wrestles with him, and the Ramban. In his famous commentary, tells us, Yaakov levado. Yaakov was left alone, and Va'yayovik Ish Imo. A man wrestled with him. A force wrestled with him. hashachar. Literally, until dawn. But we're talking about till the end of the galus. There's always going to be this struggle and tension between Yaakov and Esav, and when he is not successful in toppling Yaakov, He, as we know, strikes Yaakov in the kach yerecho, literally in the socket of his hip, near the organ of procreation, says the Ramban, to remind us and teach us that unfortunately, Yaakov's children will be struck by Esau in one of two ways. Either, God forbid, through persecution, or through assimilation. The Torah tells us that as a result of this wrestling match, and Yaakov being injured in chapter 32, Pasuk 33, Al-Kain, therefore, yochu b'nei Yisrael is therefore the children of Israel are not to eat the displaced sinew on the hip socket, Ad Hayom Azeh to this very day, because Yaakov was struck in the Gid HaNoshe. Now, interestingly, there are different explanations given by our rabbis for this prohibition. The Chizkuni teaches, Vaivasar Yaakov levado." How could it be that Yaakov had eleven sons that they left their father alone? And therefore, the Giranosha is nothing less than a patch. It's nothing less than egg on the Jewish nation's faith, teaching us that very important principle not to leave a father and for that matter anyone alone but we are to be there for each other. I want to share with you the very famous teaching of the Zohar on this mitzvah of Giranosheh. The Zohar says that there are 365 negative or prohibitions in the Torah, Negative mitzvos, thou shalt not. And there are 365 days in the solar calendar. And he says that the 365 correspond to the 365 days. And he identifies and says that the prohibition of the Gid corresponds to the day of Tisha B'Av. And I'd like to try to explain how this connection is between the prohibition of eating the Gidah and the saddest day in the Jewish calendar, the day that we commemorate the destruction of both the first and second Mikdash Temple in Jerusalem. What is the connection between the two? So at first glance, it is the Torah tells us as a result of Yaakov's being injured, hutzoleya ayurecho. Yaakov was limping, literally on his leg. The idea being that yes, he was able to walk, but not in the proud, staunch manner in which he had been accustomed to, or, please God, that he was healed, as the Torah teaches us a bit later on by Yizrahlo He is limping after this encounter. And unfortunately, the Jewish nation, since the destruction of the Second Temple, we have been as a people Limping, Namely, we've progressed, but certainly not with the dignity and not with the sense of awareness of really who we are and what we can be, etc. The Beis Migdash represents the Jews' connection to God in a very special way. The Yom Tov of Hanukkah is coming, and Rashi brings in Parshas Emor at the end, where the Torah speaks about the lighting of the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, which was done on a daily basis. So there, where the menorah is placed, the Torah teaches in chapter 24 in Vayikra, Pasuk 3, it is found in the Kodesh, in the sanctuary, in the room right before the Holy of Holies. And what separated this room from the Holy of Holies was a paroches, was the partition. And listen carefully... It is called parochas or edos. Now the edos refers to, listen carefully, both the ark, which is on the other side of the parochas, the partition, but it is also referring to, Rashi says, from the Gemara in Shabbos 22b, referring to the menorah, that the menorah is an edos, how so? Neir Maravi? There were, as we know, seven branches to the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash. And the middle branch is that which symbolizes Torah. And this branch was an edus, was a testimony, the Chol Ba'e Olam, to the entire world. Shashchina. Shora be Israel. The God's presence was found within the Jewish people. How so? Because he put the same amount of oil, the kohen, each evening in each of the seven cups, and he began lighting with the middle one. And listen carefully. In the morning, the other six went out, and the seventh one, the middle one representing Torah, continued to burn the entire day. This was a miracle which lasted, wow, throughout the time of the Beis Hamikdash, and as a result of this, God was definitely showing the Jewish people of His. Very close relationship with the Jewish people. Unfortunately, without a base on Migdash, we lack that personal kind of encounter on a daily basis in a very obvious way. We don't have prophecy today. And unfortunately, the idea is that not only the relationship of the Jew, that the Beis Hamikdash unifies the Jewish people, one Beis Hamikdash for the entire nation. But the entire world is going to be different when we have a Beis Hamikdash. Shema Yisrael, the Jew recites every night and every morning. Hero Israel, Hashem Elokeinu. Rashi explains in Parshas for Eshanan, God who is Elokeinu, our God, the God of Israel, Hashem Echad, someday this will be recognized, He will be recognized as the God of the entire world. This is how we end the Olenu prayer. Three times, minimally, every day. V'ne'emar, God will be literally the king over the entire world. So this is one aspect that as Yaakov limped, we are limping. But I'd like to suggest something else, and that is as follows. Inherent in this meat of the animal, the Torah says, Don't eat the Gina Now, the Chinuch, who usually follows the Rambam, here he beautifully follows the Ramban. And what does he say in terms of what is the purpose of not eating the Gidah Nasheh? And I quote... At the root of this precept lies the purpose that Jewry should have a hint that even though they will endure great tribulations in the exiles at the hands of the nations and descendants of Esau, they should remain assured that they will not perish. Their progeny and their name will endure forever and a redeemer will come and deliver them from the oppressor's hand. In other words, that we are told that with all the struggles that we will have, there will be a complete redemption for the Jewish people. But we are to recognize the, at the moment that there is this lack of perfection. And interestingly, even through the Basar. Now what might meet represent. So we are told that in this world there are domain the inanimate, Tzomeach, vegetation, Chai, the animals, and and Medaber, man. Man is above the animals. That's why he makes the bracha she also called sarki that literally god has provided all my needs when he puts on his shoes shoes which come from the leather of the animals it shows man's superiority over the animals but what we're saying is that we should recognize that there is within the animal the symbol of the ginanasha which means that the symbol of the incompleteness of this world that man has to do by removing the symbol of Esau and the symbol of the struggle within this world coming out from the meat and therefore to remind us that while he will always try to topple us, The world at the moment is not Shalem, but we have complete prophecy through the Gira that ultimately it is going to be good. Ultimately, there is that redemption that will be coming and the concept behind it is that each and every time we are privileged to partake of meat we are to remind us that it's not only a physical sustenance that we are getting but a spiritual one as well reminding us that we are and please God will always be connected to God above Shabbat Shalom to all
7: I they in I be so. I could there. She knew Lashem, she knew Lashem, when Color Lashem, but she knew Lashem, but she knew Ay, 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 a love, me night mi a me, me, a I va malo, ha più c'hai dei velati Aye yes
0: Amazing start to the uh, Kalbach Kabbalah Shabbos. Shirley Williger from the Kalbach Friday Night CD. Friday morning, it's J.M. the AM on this area of Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach. Candle lighting at 4.08. We are saying the same Talumattar, That's change happened last night outside of Israel. Uh, in Israel, or I should say more accurately in Yerushalayim, candle in about 10 minutes from now. Our candle lighting at 4.08. Looks like rain in this area over the weekend. A uh, couple of announcements to make. Regarding events that are going on, uh, the uh, fourth anniversary pre Hanukkah celebration at the Levi Yitzchak Library and Family Center on Central Avenue in Cedarhurst happens this coming Sunday. At 11 a.m., they'll have balloon twisting with juggler Keith. At 1 o'clock, fireman Jason with the Bravest Fireman book. Uh, 3 o'clock, David Adler, meet the author. He'll describe how to create a bestseller and a video presentation at 4 o'clock about the Maccabees. You can also borrow an extra four books for your family this Sunday only. The event goes from 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. at the Levi Yitzchak Library and Family Center out in Cedarhurst, 564 Central Avenue, 516-374-BOOK, 516-374-BOOK. Active weekend on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Congregation Chassam Sofer at 10 Clinton Street has a Shabbos Chazanus coming up with Chazan Lemmer tonight and choir leader Yechiel Posner. Tonight at 4.15, tomorrow morning at 8.45, join Rabbi Azrael Sif and President Eugene Weiser at 10 Clinton Street, corner of uh, Clinton and Houston at Congregation Chassam Sofer. Uh, also Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum and Rabbi Daniel Rosenstein of the Chevron Fund appear this coming Sunday morning at 10.15 at the Orenstein Building on Bialystoker Place, an event in memory of Mr. Gene Singer on the topic of Mesirut Nefesh for Eretz Yisrael. This happens this coming Sunday starting at 1015 at the Orenstein Building, Lower East Side. Go to the Hebron Fund website or dial 718-677-6886 for information. 718-677-6886. Ram, the rabbi of the Bialystoker Shul on the Lower East Side, visits Congregation Talmud Torah of Flatbush tomorrow night at 1305 Coney Island Avenue. He is the um, administrator of the Manhattan Besdin and his topic tomorrow from the Casebook of the Besdin. Unusual stories and issues in contemporary conversion information. You can uh, contact Congregation at Flatbush 1305 Coney Island Avenue in Brooklyn. Next Shabbos is the Shabbos with Dudu Fisher in Las Vegas at the Venetian Hotel. Saturday night next week on the th- on the fourteenth. Fourteenth. Thirteenth, right? Thirteenth of December, uh, Dudu Fisher in concert in that historic event entitled "The Last Survivor" happening at the Venetian in Las Vegas. Information about the Shabbos, about the event, about the big production. If you want to head to Vegas next Shabbos for a unique presentation and a unique Shabbos, uh, thelastsurvivorevent.com. The Last Survivor Event. Dot com for information, Tarvadas Flatbush Shabbos with the Russian Yeshiva is this Shabbos in Brooklyn, New York, and their annual Malava Malka takes place tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at the Agudas Israel Base Binyamin in Brooklyn, New York. Phone number for information is 718 941 941 8000 The JEC Alumni Network presents Charlie Harari on tapping into your inner greatness to maximize your potential. 8 o'clock tomorrow night. At the uh, j s at the Bruria High School on North Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey, the event is in memory of Mrs. Chaya Newman, Charlie Harari. Tomorrow night, that's happening at the Bruria High School. Words from this week's parsha. Thank you, Mayor Weingarten, for reminding me. <laughs> Here is a uh, Yonatan Razell at J M in the A M. JM in the AM, Katonti, words from this week's Parsha. That's Yonatan Razel uh, with that single here at JM the AM. Reminder, Naomi Nachman with an encore presentation of Table for Two, coming up next on jmtheam.org. Uh All day long, an amazing and incredible Kedem music mix. Uh, in honor of Erev Shabbos, uh, you'll catch that between 10 a.m. and candlelighting time. There is no better way to prepare for Shabbos than to have us on in the background, the foreground, whatever it might be. Get it on your NSN app. And just let it roll. Amazing Arab Shabbos music selections courtesy of Mark Zamek and his hard work. Saturday night, Seagull with Avrami happens tomorrow night starting at 10 p.m. And Amatis with JM Sunday this coming Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on our stream, plus Elliot Weiselberg in a fresh report entitled Court Report, 7 p.m. Sunday night at jmandam.org. Hockey League, Yeshiva Basketball League, etc. Time to take a Shabbos with Journeys, it's JM and the AM.
5: The sun is going down It's shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw Say Good job Cause all your work is done I'm Gonna spend the day Together with the Holy One Say special blessing On a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift that's waiting there for you Oh Done. gonna spend the day together with the Holy One, say special blessings.
0: My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listened to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Broadcasting live from the Robert and Sonia, Sonia and Robert Gold um, Studios here in Jersey City, New Jersey. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for an amazing week here at JM and the AM. Want to thank everybody listening in on the N S N app. Want to thank those who are listening around the world, no matter what f- platform or avenue you're using to tune in. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Naomi Nachman is next with table for two all day long on the stream. Amazing Arab Shabbos music. Make sure to be tuned in. Great weekend programming. Don't forget Avrami has Saturday night Seagull tomorrow night, and Matis has J M Sunday on Sunday morning at seven. Court report with Elliot Weiselberg Sunday night at seven p.m. Eastern time. A fresh. New edition. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you: remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.